today we're continuing with our series on the Beatitudes. So important because it comes from the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus was spending time with his followers. And this was so important for them because they were receiving direction and understanding about the future. And this, that in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. Remember, he has overcome the world, that we don't have to have fear, that we have someone that is with us. And Jesus experienced difficult times. We will be blessed. Isn't that great? Again, Jesus was painting the picture of an upside down kingdom um, that these guys could completely identify with very soon and understand very well as we do as well, right? We know that every day there's something that comes our way. Even this morning, like I said, when things come at you, you have an opportunity in how you respond and an understanding that we are blessed, that we are blessed, we are fortunate, right? That God is enabling us to make it through it. So that's what we're going to camp at today. Again, we have these these two kingdoms that are at, at war within us. And you guys can understand this as you grow up. You, you go to school, some of you, you go get a trade, whatever. You get into a job and you want to you want to do well. You want to make money. You want to have finances. You want to have a home. You want to do all these things, which is great. There's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. But we also have this understanding that God wants to bring his kingdom here, that he wants to bring it in you and that he wants you to transfer that to others as well. And it takes us repenting, turning from just everything that we think is the way to go and giving it to him, helping him to create that kingdom with in us, right? So very important. We will be blessed when we allow him to, uh, to take everything in our lives and turn it for his good, okay? So this morning, where we're going to camp at is this, Matthew 5, 9. And this is fun. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called sons of God. And I want to break this down a little bit more typically than I do this portion of Scripture first. And then what we're going to do is head over to Romans 12, and we're going to break down some Scripture there. I think it's really important for us that Paul helped us with on how to live as believers and, and to be a peacemaker, okay? So what is a peacemaker, all right? I love to define things. I don't know if anybody else is like that, but I work well with definitions, things that I can walk out with and understand what is a peacemaker. Um, Someone that is pacific, not necessarily the ocean in this way, but pacific, one who um, preserves peace. And I think about this when it comes to Father's Day in such a major way. And, and someone and something that we want to have as a father is, is peace. And we want to bring it to situations. We want to bring it to people's lives. We want to be calm. We want to be tranquil, not warlike. We want to be someone as a peacemaker that loves peace, that chooses peace over calamity, right? And honesty, wholeheartedly cares about peace, you know? And I think about this as a father in my life, in my home, and, and sometimes how it can be. Sometimes they are just wild as can be, three of them, running through the house. We have wood floors in our home, so you hear everything. And as soon as they get a new ball, you're hearing it, ba -dum, ba -dum, ba -dum, ba -dum, you know, all throughout the house. And, and what I want to do is I, I want peace, you know? But in that situation, if I want peace, I have to be calm. I have to be tranquil. Does anybody know me at all? Do you think that's very possible in this life for me to be calm and tranquil? No, okay? But I want to be a peacemaker. And we see this hyphenated. A peacemaker is one who engages in a situation and not only brings peace with them, but helps to give that peace to others. They make peaceful situations exist by their personal peace and presence. This is important for us. Blessed are the peacemakers. God wants us to be people that have peace and take peace with us, okay? Very important. So that's the beginning part of that. That's what a peacemaker looks like, okay? Why is this important? Because they will be called, and you see this defined as well, will be called, which means to be invited in by God. 
And you think about it this way. You think about a father. All I want, I just want my, come hang out with me. And Allie's really good. She's, she's my cuddler. Oh, she's my cuddler. And I love cuddling with her. You know, she sits right next to me on the couch, like right up there. And last night she goes, Daddy, I just love your hugs. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm melting. You know what I'm saying? Because I love to call her my daughter. And this is about sons and daughters. We'll get to that later, about people of the faith. And, and it's this idea that God calls you in. Okay, he's calling you in and you'll be identified as and will be called by the name son or daughter when you look at it in this context. So what is this son or daughter? A descendant by birth or adoption. And this is a beautiful picture that we get as we are identified as as God's sons and daughters. We look at this as the kingdom adoption. When we come into the faith, we're brought into the family. We're grafted into the vine. Isn't that beautiful? Because I don't know about you guys, but my family life wasn't always perfect. So I needed something to be grafted into that would help me, encourage me along the way too. And what, what we get here is we get this visual that God is calling us out and identifying us as his son and daughter. Isn't that beautiful? It's so important for us, okay? Because we, we can be identified with so many things, but God is calling us out. And who is God? He is the creator and owner of all things. Isn't that good? The creator and owner of all things who is calling us out, who is identifying us as his own. And we begin to even be identified as his by the way we look, the spirit, the peace that we carry with us. Okay. So there's kind of a basis of understanding with that portion of scripture. All right. But let me give you an illustration of what that was like growing up for me. Okay. I remember growing up uh, and I grew up again down in Culpeper, Virginia. And Culpeper, Virginia is, is kind of like a southern town, even though it's part of northern Virginia. Okay, listen, you can go around any day and you will find a late model, like an 80s model pickup truck with 33-inch tires on the back and about 20-inch tires on the front kind of thing, okay? These guys love to make it rake because they're going to the city to make them some money, selling them some wood, okay? So I'm telling you, Culpepper can be kind of a little redneck, all right? Anybody with me? You're kind of getting the instance here. So you may have heard a saying like I heard growing up from my dad. Now, he wasn't like super red, but he was just kind of red. He was like pink neck, okay? Okay, and he was a trip because, you know, sometimes we would even get crazy as kids. Can you believe that? That my brother and I, two boys could get crazy in a house together. God bless you, Robbie and Tiff with three boys. Okay, may the Lord go with you and be with you. I just speak blessings and peace upon your home. Happy Father's Day. It's your fault. Um, But I think about I'm kidding. She's like, amen. Anything good, it's mama. Anything bad, it's us, all right? We just know how to take it. But I remember growing up in my wild home with my brother and I, we were, we were crazy. We would sit there and shoot BB guns while we're sitting on our bed out the screen so the birds wouldn't see us. You know what I'm saying? We were wild. I used to sit there and shoot marbles into my closet, literally with a slingshot. Don't tell Aiden, okay? Just sit there, draw it back. When we left that house, there were so many dents in the wall, okay? Any of you parents, you know what it's like with boys, okay? But I remember when I'd wild out a little bit, my dad went, boy, you acting like your mama's people. Why are you acting like your mama's people? You act like your mama's people. You, you ever heard that before growing up? No? Your mama must have been good people. All right? <laughs> they might listen to podcasts. I love you all, mama's people, okay? And mama's house and everything, too. But you think about this as being identified as something and a father calling us as his own. It's so important for us. And what he puts in us and what he draws out of us is so important as well. And what he's trying to put in us is his peace so that we can go and make peace in other places. 
so that we can be like dad's people, that we can be like God's people, that we can look like him. Okay, are you with me on that? So important. So how do we look like him? How do we make peace wherever we go? How are we, how are we peacemakers so that we will be called sons and daughters of God? What does this look like? Well, we look over in Romans, and it's so important for us to always back Scripture with Scripture, okay? So important. We look in Romans chapter 12, and Paul is helping us out today, as he did the church of Rome then, to understand what it's supposed to look like, what our lives are supposed to entail as followers of Christ, Okay, and and what he does here in chapter 12 is he talks about how we should behave. Right. Remember how my dad was like, boy, you misbehaving. You ain't acting like my people. You acting like your mama's people. So we see Paul here saying, listen, this is how you act like God's people. This is how you act like it. First part of chapter 12, he tells us about gifts and things that we have as a family, as the body of Christ. And then we see in in verse nine. We get to this point, we see what we are supposed to possess, how we are to behave, and what is supposed to be the core of who we are, and it talks and starts with love. It starts with love. And you think about this, love transcends so many situations, doesn't it? You can have the most contentious situation, but if you feel love, peace will come over you. You can have the craziest week ever, but when you feel truly loved by someone and they are sitting by you on the couch like my little Allie does, she feels my love and I feel hers, and then there's peace. This is God's design and plan for your life, okay? So you, you as, as Christ followers, you, say, you may be like, man, look, I'm a pretty peaceful person. I'm pretty chill. You know, I'm not someone that gets too crazy too easily. Listen, this is something that we can all work on this morning and that we can grow from as we follow the words of Paul and how he himself even came up under this teaching. Okay, so we're going to read this and then we're going to define it. All right. Romans 12, 9 through 21. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never, listen to me, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Wow, that sounds like a dad's life, okay? Um, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Hospitality leaders, Can I get some amen up in here? Practice hospitality. Love on somebody. Bless those who persecute you and bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with the people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. And doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. You're like, this is getting really weird all of a sudden. We're like having a bonfire and we're throwing coals on people. Just wait. It'll make sense in a moment. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So how do we have this pure heart of love that Paul is talking about here? How do we have this, 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 this love in us? How do we carry peace with us? You know, how do we experience peace? Let's look in these scriptures and further define them, and, and it'll help us in a way, okay? First part, 12.9, you see this. Peacemakers have sincere love. 
Sincere love. You see this? Sincere love. What does it mean to have sincere love? It must be pure and honest. See, people will know how you love Jesus by the way that you love them. They will know that you follow him by the way that you love them. And it's so important in a world where, where we feel like we can be so insincere, right, so quickly. Because it's just, it's tough. If you know people, you don't feel like loving them sincerely because you know that sometimes it's not going to come back the same way, right? Are you with me on this? It's hard for us, but we are supposed to be sincere. So often we lack it because we hold on to the wrong thing. Listen, this is important. Paul is telling us to cling on to what is good. Cling to what is good. Grab a hold to what is good and hate what is evil. What is this good? Benevolence towards others. Putting their needs above yours in this way, right? Being sincere when you approach someone, because it's so important, because someone, anyone, I hope, you know, and I know, can spot a fake and spot a fraud. But we need to be sincere, because when we come into a situation and a circumstance, we can bring his peace if they see that we're sincere about it. All right? Second is this. Peacemakers are fully devoted. Be devoted to one another in love. What does this devotion look like? Like the form of a brother and sister. Remember, Paul's talking about the body of Christ, what we're supposed to look like. Be devoted to one another in love. This is that family type of devotion that you're willing to do whatever it takes to help them because they're family, that you're fully devoted to them, right? Have, excuse me, honor one another above yourselves. What's so hard about this love is to give it. And this is what honor is, to give before you get it. Isn't it hard to speak honor into someone's life when you know they don't honor you? See, Paul is helping us to understand that in this world, you will experience trial and tribulation. And the greatest trial and tribulation that you will experience is people around you. But as believers, we're supposed to bring peace, right? How do we do that? As we honor them, as we love on them before they love on us. We do this, you see in scripture, with zeal and fervor. With zeal and fervor, with great excitement in your spirit. In your spirit, that deep inside, you are really excited to help someone that you are really excited to reach out to someone, that you are really excited to be devoted to people. It's hard to do because people fail us so often, but it's an opportunity to bring peace in their lives when we become fully devoted to them, when they know that you're not going to run out on them just like everybody else does. Are you with me on that? That we will not lack zeal or fervor as we love and serve others. So important. That we will be joyful and patient. Is that hard? Again, I already, I already alluded to it. But the patience factor, anybody with me on that? You ever seen those YouTube videos? They're so funny. Aiden always tells me about them because he watches all of them. He's watched all of YouTube um, outside of the bad stuff. I'm joking. But that one where the dad's trying to work on the screen door and he's trying to put the screen door back on the track. Have you ever seen that video? It's hilarious because he can't get it. And this is me, I'm telling you. When things just don't work because it's just supposed to work, right? Dads, are you with me? When we're fixing stuff, guys, it's just supposed to work, right? It's just supposed to work. That's it. It's, I got directions. It's supposed to work. But then it doesn't work. So what do you do? Ah, rip it out, okay? You ever done that before? Anybody? Just be honest. Tools are made to fly sometimes. It's okay. You're, you are a field tester for craftsmen. It's all right. You can tell them that it withheld. It, it withstood the forces of evil, all right? Um, but how with people so often? Ah, People are God's idea, and we have to be patient with them. You know, we have to be patient with them. Yes, they will fail you. Yes, they will frustrate you. But we will miss out on what God can bring to their lives through you, his kingdom, if we lack patience with them. Let me tell you something. They're worth it. They're worth it. Even if they're the biggest pain in your hind parts, they are 
worth it. That's another Southern term. They are worth it. Be patient. Be fully devoted. Don't lack zeal. Practice hospitality. What does that mean? Invite them to your life and your house even. Again, I like things orderly. Are you with me? I like things orderly and together. And when people come to your house, what happens to your house? It's like they come in and they're like, hey, uh, we just want to see if everything is glued down. All right? We're going to just check it um, just to see. And uh, we're field test folks that, that check for quality control with all products in people's homes. Um, welcome to small groups. You will have fun, though. Um, we want to test and see if it's... Listen, we've got to bring them in. How do they know how much we love them if we welcome them into our lives? That devotion is so key and so important, okay? Peacemakers are fully devoted. Peacemakers also give untethered blessings. They give untethered blessings. Like you look at this, like a tether is something that ties something to something, right? You think of like a horse, right? You you tie a horse to a post so he doesn't run off. He's tethered to the post. How often for us do we tether blessings to others to something that we can receive in return? Think about that. We think about them as what can you give me if I give you something? It builds into this understanding that we are going to give blessings first. Bless those who persecute you. That's exciting. I love people who hate me and say bad things about me. Spread all the gossip at work that isn't even gossip. It's straight up lies. I love people that lie to me. I love people that make my life hard. Mm, I want to hang out with them. Bless those who persecute you. Right? Those who just try to take you down and tear you apart. What does this mean? This blessing. Pray for and wish them well. I say this to my kids a lot too. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those. We will end. And you think about this. When we truly love people, we will enter into their suffering. We will enter into their rejoice. Right? Shouldn't we do that? Now, be honest with yourself. Don't raise your hand because we don't have to be that, that vulnerable this morning. Um, this isn't like a self-help group. This is actually church. But the thing is this. Be honest with yourself. When somebody gets something nice around you, like a new car or maybe a new house or maybe like a new watch or something like new shoes, you're like, oh, that's nice. Look at mine. Or that's nice. My car doesn't drive right now. You know, oh, that's nice. My house is falling apart. You know, do you really rejoice with those who rejoice? You're like, oh, man, I didn't come to church to get beat up. I'm not beating you up. Let's just get real about this. We can bring peace to people's situations when we are able to rejoice with them. Think about it. If they get around folks all the time that say, well, I can't believe you You could have spent money on missions. There's orphans in Africa, (laughs) in Africa that you could have helped, but you bought a new car. What is wrong? Your priority? No. Rejoice with those who rejoice, but also mourn with those who mourn. When they're in suffering, when they're in hard situations, Karen and I couldn't wait to get to, to Noah and Trish to be with them for Davis. You know, we were, we were already going to Virginia, so we went up to Baltimore and then took that route. We couldn't wait to get with them so that we could mourn with them. But what's great today is we're also able to rejoice with them as, 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 as Grayson is just running around now almost, okay? His, the paralyzation is, is leaving, the paralysis is leaving his body, and he's able to walk around with holding his family's hands, but he's not sitting down anymore. So we get to rejoice with them too. See, this is exciting. We enter into people's lives in this way. We become vulnerable so that we can bring peace to their situations. You see what I'm saying? We bring his peace with us. So important so they can have it as well. Peacemakers, 
Live in harmony through humility. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. This is important. Don't be conceited. Do not be conceited. Harmony is being of the same mind with a common desire. Who is our common desire? Him. He is our common desire. When we look at what God did, who he gave, and what Jesus went through, it will humble us. It will make us understand that Jesus didn't just die for me, someone who has it, quote unquote, has it together, but those who don't have it together as well. Those of low position, those that are lower than us. You think about it, guys, as we begin to volunteer in our community more, we see how blessed we are, don't we? We see the needs around us and we see folks that need to, to also feel a sense of honor, to feel a sense of dignity, to be esteemed in their lives. They will find that as we find humility within ourselves, as we find ourselves lowering in a way so that they can be elevated as well, that we can live in harmony together. What else does this mean? To always be teachable, to always be teachable. We've never arrived. We've never made it. We're always one day at a time if you're real with yourself, right? Every day we need his grace and every day he's teaching us something new. I know for me, I love, I'm a planner in that way. I love to have the, the future figured out. But one thing, if anything, of being a father and a church planter has taught me, just make sure you're eating today, okay? Because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, you don't know where you're going to be. You don't know what's going to happen with your kids. You know what's going to happen in the community. You know what's going to happen with anything. It's sufficient. His grace is sufficient for today. We've never arrived. Each day we need it fresh and anew, right? Peacemakers exhibit true forgiveness. This is so important for us. True forgiveness. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. There's a common bond that we have through Jesus, his forgiveness that he afforded to us. We talked about it earlier a little bit as we prayed this morning. But we think about this true forgiveness. So often when we're hurt, what do we want to do? We want to hurt him back. Is that, is that like a gut reaction? I know it is for me because it's like, okay, you hurt me? I got it now. I remember as a kid... <laughs> I had a, a wit to me, a quick wit. I still have that quick wit, but it wasn't harnessed as well. It's still unharnessed very well, but it wasn't harnessed as well. So when somebody would make me look stupid or talk down on me, it was on. You know what I'm saying by that? I'm like, oh, you want to bring it? I'm taking off the earrings. You ever seen those videos back in the day? Hip hop videos with the door knockers. Okay, you're taking them off because you're ready to roll. All right? Because you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to show you who the man is. Okay? I'm going to show you that I'm going to hold my own. And I'm going to show you that you will never do that again kind of thing. But when we look at this, this humility that we're supposed to possess, this love for others, this honor that we're supposed to give them, this, this even though they are tearing us apart, obliterating us, we will choose to give them love. This says that I won't return evil with evil, but I will return good with the, I will give you, I will bring peace to this situation because of the peace that I have inside of me through Jesus. Do you see what I'm saying here? The Prince of Peace. This is true forgiveness. This is the kind of forgiveness that no matter what they've done to you, you are able to still bless them. You're still able to love them with God's love and allow them to pass through life. You don't have to be their best friends, but you can forgive them so that you can sleep at night, right? Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. What's going to happen? You're going down, right? But forgiveness is so free. 
Because when you give that, you're not holding anything back and you're filled with peace. Forgiveness brings peace to your life because Jesus is the one who's forgiven us. Number six is this, the last one. Peacemakers possess unchanging love. They possess unchanging love. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Live at peace with everyone. Do not take do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. And doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I'm going to explain this to you so this makes sense. When we look at this unchanging love, as we've built up to this, as Paul built up to this in Romans 12, 9 through 21, we see that we start with sincere love and we end with unchanging love. How does this unchanging love happen? Of course, it has to start in us. It has to to, to be resolved within us that we will be people who love, but we will be people that love long term. And what does this look like? We look at this, this, this understanding that we are not, re, we are not the ones who, who seek revenge. We're not the ones who seek to annihilate others, but we allow God to do that work. But the thing is this, as we love people, this is what this, this heap of burning coals things mean, thing means, is that as, as we do that, as we love them so sincerely, And so deeply, as we bring peace to their situations and to their lives, what will happen is that they will walk around, and this was like an old term here, that that they will walk around in a repentant state. It'll be a visual, like heap coals on their head, a visual state that they have received forgiveness and they have chosen not to operate in the old lifestyle, but they have repented and they've turned as well. You are the one that is the key to unlocking the repentance, which means turning from who they were trying to be to who God wants them to be in their lives by the peace that you bring to their situations, by the way that you love them and by the way that it does not change regardless of what happens. You probably can think right now about 15 people in your mind, at least, that are really hard to love. Are you with me? You might have like five, three, top two, top one right? That top one, the the one that just makes it so difficult to love. But as believers, what we are supposed to possess is an unchanging love like God had for us. It didn't change. Regardless of what we did think about that, and I think about that as a father myself, our kids can do some pretty crazy stuff sometimes. I've got some pretty good ones, but they can still do some wild stuff where I'm just like, what just happened? Does my love for them change? No. Do I always want them to come and sit next to me? Do I always want them close to me still? Do I always still want them to be called my son and my daughter? Absolutely. And the same applies to people out there that we lack patience with, right? That we lack the desire to bring peace to their situation with, that we lack forgiveness with, right? That we're too proud, too conceited to talk to. You see what I mean by this? We are supposed to bring peace to people's situations, But what's so important for us is that we have to have that peace ourselves. How do you get that peace? The number one way is having a personal relationship with God through Jesus. There's no way to the Father but through the Son. What Jesus did on the cross was the redeeming work to build the bridge between us and God so that we could commune back and forth together, that we can be in relationship with him and also that we can be in heaven with him someday so that we can experience his kingdom here now in our lives but also that we can experience in its fullness there 
in heaven. You think about this, and it's so important for us that we have to experience deep within our hearts that peace that comes with that relationship with him. It's fun, you know, riding around with Aiden, you know, because when we're, we're together, you know, we can be saying nothing at all whatsoever, but we're having a blast. You know, we could be working together because we work together a lot. And this is fun for me as a father and a son. We do things together. We do life together. And when we're together, it is a peaceful situation. He knows me and I know him. He can finish. Kara knows this. He knows exactly what I want, what we need to do next, what needs to happen here. Because we've done life together and together we experience that peace. That's what God wants you to experience in this life. And he also wants to help you take that to others as well. But you have to know the relationship first so that you can be called a son and daughter. That you can have your spot, your place in heaven with him forever.